Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast, providing news and insights to the Milwaukee business community. Let's listen in as our podcast partner, Beth Ridley with The Brimful Life, interviews leaders from within the business community. Welcome to The Brimful Life podcast, where we highlight leaders who are achieving great results by putting people and culture first. I'm your host, Beth Ridley, CEO of The Brimful Life consulting firm that helps companies bring out the best in leaders, teams, and workplace cultures. This episode is the third in a four-part series on the topic of diversity and inclusion, where I speak with experts and leaders on how to build a culture of diversity and inclusion at work. Be sure to listen to all four episodes, as well as visit my website at thebrimfullife.com to download my free DNI Kickstart Kit for Leaders to help you successfully implement what you learn, even with limited resources. Today, I'm speaking with Chris Rowland, Global Diversity Officer at Manpower Group. Chris shares his advice on how to embed DNI into day-to-day business operations. After all, your organization can't reap the benefits of diversity and inclusion unless DNI is a part of every conversation and informs every decision. Chris gives practical tips on how to do that and shares advice on how to recruit diverse talent, as well as address the often asked question, can't we just focus on hiring the best talent? Yeah, we go there. Let's meet Chris. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining and um, sharing your expertise around the topic of diversity and inclusion. Thank you for being a champion and ambassador not only here in Milwaukee, but but nationally on on this very important topic as well. So much appreciated. Oh, love it, love it. All right, so first of all, just ground us a little bit in diversity and inclusion at Manpower Group. What what does DNI mean for your organization? So great question, um, and I'll I'll just keep it simple and straight to the point. For us, diversity is is really just different. Um, it's different and recognizing the value um, that that difference brings to an organization. So we're a global organization. We operate in 80 countries. Um, you know, we have um, natural organic diversity within our employee base, our associates, clients, candidates, our suppliers are all naturally diverse. And so when we talk about diversity, we're talking about it in its broadest sense, um, you know, social, organizational inherent and acquired um, traits um, of, of diversity. So everything, race, ethnicity, language, you know, gender, gender expression, sexual orientation, mental, physical abilities, you know, nationality, um, social origin, marital status, you know, the list can go on and on, in income level, education level. And even, you know, now that, that list is expanding, if you think, you know, post-COVID um, with, you know, level of health, being one of the, the things that are considerations for returning to work. So looking at all those various dimensions, um, understanding the, the value, skills, and capabilities, and more importantly, the unique perspectives that that diversity, diversity brings, um, that in essence is what, what diversity means to us. And how do you know if you're successful with harnessing the benefits of looking at your organization and your strategy and your business with a diverse uh, diversity inclusion lens and focus on this. What does success even look like? What are you guys aiming for? So um, great question. I would say there's, there's two pieces. There's the diversity piece, and then there's kind of the inclus- inclusiveness um, 
harnessing the power of that, that diversity piece. So from a pure representation standpoint, um, you know, we set some internal goals related to different dimensions of diversity. Uh, I'll first state that the way we address multiple dimensions while having some um, very intentional focus is that we have some globals of di dimensions of diversity that are relevant e everywhere, like gender. And so we'll have some, some goals um, that pertain to, to that. Uh, but then each individual country, based on cultural, political landscape, um, identifies uh, second and, and third dimensions of diversity that they're focused on, and we'll have similar representation goals uh, attached to that. So from a diversity perspective, um, it is, you know, based on the diversity of the overall repre representation of the organization, but also um, looking at that diversity as it relates to brands, functions, leadership level, succession, um, and making sure that, you know, that blend of diversity is there throughout. Uh, the other piece in, in terms of how we, we track it is tied back to culture, um, which as, you know, a lot of people state culture is sometimes hard to, to define or, or measure or quantify. Um, but to us, we're really looking to make sure that we're building an inclusive culture um, as we're bringing or enhancing that diversity in the organization. So one of the ways we do that, we have a, um, an annual people survey. Uh, where we look at, you know, engagement, intent to stay, um, you know, kind of those traditional HR measures. Uh, last year was the first year we incorporated an inclusive, inclusive index um, within that survey um, to really track and, and look at how, you know, inclusive our employees think the organization is at a whole, at a macro level. Uh, and then it also provides this opportunity to, to peel peel that back a little bit and look at, again, individual countries, brands, even individual leaders to see if there's pockets where, you know, we can do some um, intentional training or, or awareness to enhance the, the culture that we're building. Um, but certainly, you know, aspects like people feel like they're treated like with respect, their opinions are valued, um, that, you know, the organization leadership and managers value a diverse workforce and, and different backgrounds and origins are all a part of kind of how we quantify um, that we're building that in, in inclusive culture. Mm. Yeah, I really love how you very um, intentionally have strategies around diversity and inclusion. And the two really go hand in hand. I like to say diversity is the mix and inclusion is getting the mix to work well together. Uh, that inclusion piece is really, really important in terms of benefiting from having such diverse perspectives and backgrounds um, all coming together. Um, yeah, that, so, that, go, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that's, that's so important, you know, um, being a workforce solutions business, we have a lot of clients as well who reach mm -hmm. out um, and ask for support with their um, diversity efforts. And one of the things um, um, that we highlight, you know, when, when we're consulting or working with them is on that cultural piece um, because if you're not focused on each of those individually, Sometimes you can create, you know, a bigger problem um, by, by, you know, only focusing on one or the other, or I should say only focusing on the diversity side. So yeah. um, making sure that there's organizational readiness and building that, that culture that can um, harness the potential of that diversity is, is absolutely um, a must. Yeah. All right, so now you've been at this um, for a while. You're not a rookie. Um, Manpower Group is not a rookie with their diversity and inclusion efforts. But when thinking of companies who are maybe just starting, in your perspective, what what is like the most important thing that companies should do 
first, if they're taking just that first step with being intentional around um, building a culture of diversity and inclusion, step one should be what? Step one is always, um, it always starts with leadership. Um, mm -hmm. There has to be authentic commitment to it. We can build out a, a strategy. Um, we can be strategic. We can put resources behind it. Um, all of those things, in my estimation, are a little bit of a check the box if it isn't if there is an authentic commitment from the top um, to diversity. Um, and so that requires, you know, it may require some understanding and awareness or doing a deep dive um, to help those leaders kind of have that that aha moment. Um, but it, it absolutely starts at the top with with leadership. Can't be delegated. Can't be put off um, as a responsibility. Um, you know, it, it has there has to be an understanding that this is that it's a business imperative, um, not just an ethical imperative. Um, and if that happens, um, then that's a good foundation. And then the the second piece I would say is, is start to get intentional on where and what you want to achieve. Um, you know, as we kind of kicked off the call, there's many different facets of of DNI, um, not only dimensions of DNI, but also you know, are are we talking about different stakeholders, the marketplace, your customer base? Are you talking about your employees or your culture? Are you talking about the community or diverse suppliers? Um, and sometimes that all gets blended together. So the second step would be get intentional about where you want to have impact um, so that you can start to, to build out some strategies and don't feel like you have to boil the whole ocean to start. Um, if, you know, if you're intentional about some areas, that's a, that's a great starting place. Yeah, I love that. And this is a great jumping off point for the um, other questions that I want to ask you. So you talked about how important it is to make DNI aligned to the business. Um, so it has business imperative. Uh, so that starts to get into really thinking about how a diverse and inclusive culture can further and advance your business outcomes. So when we talk about now starting to integrate diversity into the business, how do you begin to um, have diversity inclusion really inform business decisions, right? So let's say you've got leadership, commitment, you've articulated how DNI is important to the business overall, but when you're actually making decisions like around maybe how to market to customers, what markets to be in, how do you, practically speaking, um, use diversity inclusion to inform those decisions? Yeah, that's, that's a, um, a great point. And, and our approach is to build what we call a culture of conscious inclusion. Um, it's a fancy way of just saying um, building the desire, uh, appetite, insight to think, lead with the you know, conscious intent of making DNI part of the conversation, so mm -hmm. uh, and it, and an offput of it is another way to drive the cu the culture that you want to drive as well. But essentially, uh, because you know DNI is something real and tangible, and it actually does you know pr you know increase innovation, increase you know uh, diversity of thought, uh, and you know there's plenty of studies that have shown that it leads to you know higher returns and higher customer service. Um, there is always a natural tie uh, to embed it into business or organizational priorities. Um, and so thinking intentionally about that on a, on a regular basis, kind of building the muscle that it's always a part of the conversation, 
even if it's not your typical DNI practitioners who are driving um, the strategy of it, um, mm -hmm. that's that's how, what we found to be highly effective. So in our people practices, um, if you want to think about hiring, uh, if you want to think about development or succession planning, working very closely with our you know HR directors and leaders, that 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 is a part of the normal process and a part of the thinking about how we're moving the organizational organization forward. To your point around the business, as they're thinking about how to go to market, as they're thinking about marketing, um, just making sure that diversity is a part of the conversation. And again, I've been surprised um, at how often individuals who didn't think that they were DNI experts um, mm -hmm. actually have solutions um, to some of the DNI challenges um, or help foster that dialogue to have have some solutions. So it, it really just is embedding it in on a day-to-day -day basis. And with each pre process or with each strategy that you're going forward, putting a DNI lens to it and, and making sure that that's a part of the conversation, you know, in all facets of the business. I like how you said that. Really make sure that diversity and inclusion is part of the conversation. Um, and I would imagine that once you get into the habit of doing that and you can see the great creativity or innovative outcomes that come with that, it becomes sort of easier to get into that habit. But initially, because that's even making DNI part of the conversation may feel awkward or forced or how do I do that? Um, any thoughts on like how do you just ensure that that actually happens, right? So your DNI team, for example, is probably not in every meeting throughout the organization. So how can you kind of ensure that um, folks in the different business units really do make DNI part of the conversation, at least to kind of like prime the pump? Yeah. So. Um... That is a good question, and I would say um, it's a multi-pronged approach. What I've seen, I guess what I'm saying is the same um, actions, uh, the same strategy in terms of um, making it click with everyone, it, it won't be the same for every individual or every function or um, part of the business. You really have to look um, and, and think about what the need of 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 that particular segment of the business um, needs in terms of to make that a priority to have that awareness and, and full understanding. So it may be formal training. It may be mm -hmm. informal conversations. It may be that, you know, um, those leaders really understand that they don't know the how, and, and that's where some academic expertise in terms of the how may come into play. It's a, it's a varied approach, but it's uh, addressing it at a macro level, making sure that Everyone knows that it's a leadership priority, um, and that's being articulated and com communicated. Um, but then doing some um, next-level one-on-one um, training, uh, awareness, um, and outreach, um, facilitating some conversations, inviting people in, uh, you know, to, to, to be part of employee resource groups or business resource groups so that they're expanding that, that network all of that has helped to ingrain and, and make people feel comfortable going back and, and talking about it. And then also just letting folks know that um, where, whether you are in the majority or the minority, you are part of the conversation and part of the solution. Um, and, you know, you, we say you don't have to be to be, uh, meaning that 
your perspective and your authentic perspective um, is valued as well and is part of how we have this holistic discussion around diversity. Um, mm. And I think that has, has worked well in terms of people feeling comfortable and, and starting to, to gain ambassadorship throughout the organization and, and drive that. Yeah, I like that. You don't have to be to belong. You don't have to be to be because really it is, you know, that is the essence of inclusion, right? So driving a more diverse and inclusive culture cannot be the sole responsibility of those who may be in the minority, whether it's around gender or ethnicity or anything like that. But at the same time, maybe your, you know, white men may not feel equipped or um, even prepared to lead in the DNI space, but when you start to broaden it and say no, diversity is around different perspectives, different life experiences, all of that uh, can come to the table to help improve our business decision making. It enables everyone to be part of driving diversity and inclusion forward. So I, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's a really good point, Chris. Um, so we talked a lot about the inclusion side of it and um, and and how do you bring people in and look at business and have different conversations in a different way to enable business. But of course, you also said at the top of our conversation, diversity is a piece of it as well. When it comes to the simple attracting, developing, and retaining diverse talent, however that's defined, in your organization, um, thoughts or suggestions there? And maybe we could, um, anything specific maybe in terms of attracting um, diversity when it comes to ethnicity uh, or race, since that is usually where a lot of organizations will want to start. Any thoughts on, on how to attract, develop, and retain those talent along those lines? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So there's some... I think, you know, kind of straightforward approaches that I've seen work really well. The first is thinking about your um, EVP, your employee value prop, um, or your marketing or branding. Images, stories, they are powerful. Um, they showcase, obviously, what you, what you have to offer and what you bring as an organization. And it's not just around, you know, pay. So, uh, you know, it's pay, it's advancement, you know, flexibility, um, there is an immense um, motivator for not only, um, you know, diverse populations, uh, people of color or persons of color, but also from a, a generational perspective as you look at millennials around purpose, purpose of work. So mm -hmm. highlighting that, um, the culture that you have internally are all selling points in terms of telling the story. Um, and I, I think so often organizations don't realize the true value of that, or don't amplify, I should say, the the that um, as they're going out in a proactive approach. Um, and then from a you know attraction standpoint, I always say leverage um, partnerships. There's so many organizations, nonprofits, NGOs um, that are trusted advisors for different you know um, demographics or, or populations, um, and so look to engage some of those organizations, leverage them. Um, and build partnerships, help them to understand, you know, authentically why you're trying to drive this diversity uh, and leverage those partnerships there uh, in those organizations. They're they're out they're out there for sure. Mm -hmm. um, proactive pipelining is key. You know, don't wait till there's an immediate need. Um, you know, it, you really should be looking to proactively outreach and build those pipelines 
that align to your talent plan throughout the year. Um, and in the best-case scenarios, I've even seen organizations um, start to, to build thorough upskilling or cross-skilling um, programs to, to, to really uh, in, enhance some of the needs while, you know, building on that talent. Um, and then from a hiring perspective, I always say just ensure that there's a diverse interview panel. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, make, making sure that there's multiple people who are interviewing the candidates who are bringing those different perspectives, um, everything from translating skills to, you know, different experiences, you know, different interviewers will see things differently. Uh, so make sure that there's a diverse panel and, and things like assessments, you know, certainly non-biased assessments uh, sometimes can be additional indicators to kind of give you a non-biased view of, of different different talent. Um, so those, those those are some of the things that you know we've seen work well. We we certainly try to do internally and and also help clients with externally when they're you know like you said looking for that diverse talent, be it you know people of color, minorities, um, be it from a gender perspective, you know, be it people with different mental physical abilities um, that that we've seen really work well. I like those. Those are really practical and and very tangible. Thank you. Um, so the last question that I want to ask you along those lines of hiring and promoting um, diverse talent is a very pointed one, but to be honest, it is a question that comes up a lot, and it is on people's mind, and leaders need to be able to address it when it comes up in the organization. So how do you counteract comments such as, well, we just hire and promote the best person for the job regardless of race or gender or plug-in, whatever dimension of diversity, you know, you do hear that a lot as sort of the counter to, well, aren't we giving preferential treatment when we sort of go out of our way to attract and develop and promote diverse talent? That does come up. And so what what is your response when you hear comments like that? So um, it makes my skin crawl, and I've, I've heard it, um, you know, I think we've all heard it uh, from time to time. Um, I, I particularly find it because it's, there's a subtle tone that, um, not even subtle, right, that the, the best person for the job is not someone who is diverse. Mm -hmm. um, and so my response is usually, um, it, it's something that we, we call ampersand, which for, for those of you who may wear the, you know, cursive sign for and, it's not mm -hmm. either or, it's and. Um, and so often in business you have to look at and. We need to hire the best person and we need to focus on diversity. They're not mutually exclusive. Um, and, you know, there there may be, may, I, I use that um, um, lightly, there, there may be some legitimacy role by role. So if there's a particular role, there's only five people who do this skill set, okay, m maybe. But at a macro level, um, that is definitely not the case. Um, it's been proven, you know, from um, a number of studies, um, you know, there, there's talent out there from a variety of diverse backgrounds. Um, and so if we want to get to where we're, we would like to be as an organization, if, if the organization understand that we are becoming a more global uh, community, um, that there are, you know, people of different perspectives, races, ethnicities that will be part of our workforce or, or we need to be part of our workforce to be sustainable. If we want to maximize our customer base and be able to speak to people of different ethnicities and religions, um, 
then then we have to find a way uh, to do both of those things, um, and it is certainly certainly possible. So I I really do see that as a a cop out, and the way we addressed it is um, to look at a macro level and to bring those leaders into the conversation early on, not at a rec by rec level because that's where you'll get the excuses, but early on to say um, the solution is out there. We we just need to be intentional about it. I want you to be part of the solution early on to start the year from a talent planning perspective. Let's think um, about what are our goals that we want from a slate or hiring perspective, but also what are some roles um, that we really know there's some diverse talent out there, some great diverse talent, and how do we want to ring fence those and, and being intentional about driving that because we need the overall diversity in the organization uh, to, to, to get to where we need to be. Um, and, you know, as an organization, we see it as one of our, like I said before, one of our um, business priorities. So certainly a great question. It comes up all the time. Um, and, I, again, I, I think you have to kind of address it head on um, and then bring those individuals and, and um, ensure that they're part of the, the solution in terms of um, bringing the talent um, from a strategic standpoint when you're planning on, on hiring uh, and promoting throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And it's really, I, I heard you say it's sort of like on two levels. On one hand, it's appreciating that you're just casting the widest net possible, right? And so if you're only looking for talent within the usual suspect pool, you then are not giving yourself the opportunity to find the best talent. And let's not assume <laughs> because they look different or they've got a dimension of diversity that we don't have a lot of that they're not capable and, in fact, that they're not the best talent. But then on the other hand, it's also you want to, for all the reasons that we talked about, having diversity really enhances your business. And so sometimes that is a dimension that you want to think about to complement um, you know, the talent that, that is existing. And so you're thinking about how do I increase diversity into that team because I know I'll have a better business outcome when I do that. So um, very helpful, Chris. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and, and your advice to others. And um, I know others will, will greatly benefit from it. So I appreciate your time. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast with our podcast partner, The Brimful Life with Beth Ridley. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.